0: Out of Oklahoma City, you're listening to the Good Trash Genre Cast, where movies are more than just 90 minutes in a bucket of popcorn. The Good Trash Genre Cast is a member of the Good Trash Media family and is sponsored in part by SadMenForLonelyWomen.com. Sad Men for Lonely Women, because at some point or another, somebody stopped loving you. About you, boy.
1: Hello everybody and welcome again to the Good Trash Genre Cast, where we gather around a table and we discuss the films that you will never discuss in an ordinary film studies course. This week we continue our Brigathon marathon for the month of March. Our patron, Brigham Cole, has uh, made a donation of a sufficient amount that he gets to request a marathon and he has requested a marathon of anime films. Last week we took a look at Nausicaa of the Valley of the Wind. This week, we are taking a look at Summer Wars, which is also a host pick um, to my left. And I was going to almost say your name, but I'm going to let you do that yourself.
2: My name's Alexander Bohannon, and I have never been in love with my (laughs) half-uncle.
1: Good to know. Uh, The other co-host for today, go ahead and introduce yourself.
3: My name's Caleb Masters, and it's no game, Dustin. It's a sport. Games are for people who don't care enough. In sports, you compete to win.
1: Thank you very much for that. My name is Dustin Sells, and my uncle taught me Shaolin Kung Fu on a video game. That's true. And so we're very, very glad to be talking about this film. Now, we're going to warn you, dear listener, this is not a review show. It's an analysis show, and that means that we are going to spoil the film. But before we get into the spoiler section, we're going to have a synopsis from The Voice of the Cinema, and then we're going to move directly into our quick thumbs-up, thumbs-down reviews. Now, at that point, spoilers are a free-for-all, and uh, you've been warned. Uh, So, therefore, and uh, thus how, you now know what you need to know for that. So, without any further ado, Arthur Gordon, voice of the cinema, let's hear that synopsis.
0: A student tries to fix a problem he accidentally caused in Oz, a digital world, while pretending to be the fiancé of his friend at her grandmother's. 90th birthday
2: (laughs) why is
3: it why is anime no matter how good it is it always when you try to explain it it always sounds like the most ridiculous thing ever
2: yeah that sounds like a movie that i would hate watching
1: well there might be reasons but we'll talk more about that here in just a minute let's go ahead with those quick thumbs up thumbs down reviews i'm gonna go with you first mr caleb masters what do you say
3: well, firstly, I want to remind, I, just, I have to speak for our co-host Dalton Stewart, who is not here. He wanted us to deliver his review, uh, since he could not be here to speak on his behalf, because I did watch the film with him, which was
2: a fun experience. I, I, yeah, I, and me, too. I, I, Alex, uh, yeah, I, uh, I mean, I mean you're you you the one who provided
3: the, the Blu-ray. So, yeah, you know, yeah. Alex, Dalton, and I watched this together, and, and watching Dalton's reaction to the film was quite fun. But yes. his reaction was the same reaction he had as soon as the film was over, which is the credits rolled, and he said, Japan's fucking weird. He dropped the mic.
1: Basically. Very, very very good. Well, Caleb, what are your thoughts? Well, my
3: th- thoughts are that Summer Wars is really, in my opinion, uh, a shining example of the unique strengths that only anime can bring to storytelling, uh, kind of as its own media. It's fun, it's expressive, and uses some crazy, fantastical, larger-than-life plot device to tell a heartwarming tale about bringing people from all walks of life together to overcome a tragedy, real-world tragedy. Uh, Cause that's what anime does. It always takes like it, it's always finds these crazy over the top ways to deal with very real issues. Um, so I, I did have some complaints. Uh, no, no, uh, most notably, I think there's some pacing issues, particularly in the second act, where you're like, oh, is, where's this movie going? Is it getting somewhere? But you know, eh, but once you get once you get past the pacing issues, I really f- found this to be almost uh, it's one of the best animes I've seen in a long, long time. Um, I really loved the use of uh, multiple anime styles in the Oz. Uh, at one point, I, I think I, I was—I I thought I was watching uh, Digimon, Code Monkeys, Happy Tree Friends, and Metabots simultaneously, where they all existed in the same universe, and it was really weird and really fun. And I just—I couldn't get over it. Um, and I don't think this film is just a good piece of anime. I really think it successfully tells a story about the importance of family and community and working together. And yeah, that sounds kind of sappy, but I think it does so very, very well. So for me, you have to—I have to give it a high thumbs
1: up. Thank you very much, Mr. Caleb Masters. Miss Alexander Bohannon, picker of the film, what have you to say?
2: I do enjoy this film. It's it's certainly not one of my favorite films of all time. I I certainly selected this film. My methodology for doing so was knowing that Brigathon uh, was transpiring. Our patron, Brigham Cole, who uh, requested anime, and I and I wanted to honor his request. And so recently, I watched this film, um, and I figured that it would be a good. It would be a good piece to talk about because while I do think that this this film really is good, it's good, I, I like it a lot, but I don't feel like it can fall within the, the oeuvre uh, of uh, Hayao Miyazaki. I don't feel like it's close to that quality or that type of storytelling at all, even though it is good and I enjoyed watching it but i the reason why i picked it was because i feel there is so much to say about this film and i feel like there is a lot going on um whether you're talking about you know these parallels from baseball to the real world and these um different um intricacies of of games and and sports and how they uh relate to reality and and not there's some really great things to say about this film which i think drives home the point of of good trash is that your film doesn't have to be the the most amazing thing that, you know, Citizen Kane, it doesn't have to be, you know, Terminator 2, even um, if you're talking about the upper end of good trash, you, you're, you just get this film to talk about it. And, and I feel like that this film does precisely that it generates a good conversation. Um, And that's, and that's why I picked it. And that's why I liked it. In terms of style, I think the style is expressive and wonderful. And yeah, there is some pacing issues and, and just some weird, contrived, you know, coincidental plot devices, which happen in anime. Um, but, you know, it, it, it does its purpose of generating a conversation.
1: Excellent, excellent. Thank you very much, Miss Alexander Bohannon. I like the movie. It's it's a lot of fun. It is it is three movies going on at once. Though I think it's fair to say there is this at sort least. of Matrix film that's happening uh, where we're 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 battling with our avatars in a virtual world. There's also this romantic comedy that's going on uh, where I'm pretending to be the fiance, and then we're going to secretly fall in love. And then there's also uh, this uh, I guess hackers sort of story where or um. Uh, Sneakers is a film I thought of a little bit there where there's this major threat and you have to use technology and band together a team um, so that you can uh, thwart whatever... Uh, sort of spy agency slash militaristic uh, threat that is coming about. And uh, more on that anon, dear listener. But that being said, integrates them, mostly fine. Uh, there, there are moments in which it, it's a little weird, and it's a little, you know, you, you, you sort of find yourself in those moments when, I mean, I think about this even as a criticism of Star Wars when I was young. Um, I wanted to get them away from the uh, dogfights in space and get back to lightsaber duels, because I was just at that moment more interested in one thing than I was in the other. And there are, there are moments of that in my viewing experience of this film where I'm like, okay, I really don't care about this little love story thing. Can we get back to fighting with rabbits and robots, please? Um, You know, those sort of things. But uh, overall, it's a fun experience. Um, It does have all the weird and uh, idiosyncratic things that characterize anime films overall, and again, sort of the strange... um, sense of humor that does not entirely translate at times, Uh, you know, awkward family dinners and what have you and whatnot. But um, all that being said...
3: I don't know. Uh, there were some pretty re- re- real and uh, large family dinners going yeah. on there.
2: Dalton, <laughs> Dalton turned to us and he like looked at this the screen and he's like, this is me at my girlfriend's house because I'm finally now learning everyone's names and they've been together for like over a year. <laughs> you know what I
1: expected though was because he's like this sort of mathlete, um, super genius kid is that he would then recite everyone's name immediately is what I wanted right. him to do. But yeah.
3: Well, not just because you're good at math does not mean you're good at remembering names, Dustin. Well,
1: that's fair. I mean, that is a good point. And in an American film, and that's probably what would have happened, and I sort of—that was actually a beat that I liked. Yeah, that he did not do that. So I mean, it—it it has its successes. It has—I um, wouldn't say failures. It has a, some slight. Um false starts here and there but other than that it was a fun experience tonight it's a movie I liked a lot and I wouldn't mind watching again so there you go dear listener now you know our biases they are generally pro uh, towards the film and as um, Caleb mentioned he felt like he was watching several animated series all at one time this film is a mashup and that brings us to this week's game And that game in question, dear listener, is our um, fantasized, our desired, our wished-for mashups of Saturday mar- morning cartoons.
2: That's right, our favorite mashups of Saturday morning cartoons, brought to you this week by Summer Wars. Summer Wars, you saw so many of these cartoons on Saturday morning, and now you just want Cocoa Puffs. <laughs>
1: Correct or Nerf guns?
2: <laughs> I love Nerf
1: guns. Yes, please. You know what? The, the Cocoa show, puffs with Nerf guns. The show needs more Nerf guns. Don't
2: eat Nerf gun. Well, no, no, you Anna. eat that. You eat that.
1: <laughs> Okay, we're already degenerating into a total slog, but we're going to move on into our game, Alex. What are your picks for your favorite Saturday morning cartoon mashups that you'd like to see?
2: Well, um, one one Saturday morning uh, cartoon mashup that I always wanted to see but didn't uh, was that, and I think they promised this, but but. but it never happened. Uh, Static Shock crossed over with Teen Titans.
3: Uh, That did happen.
2: Um, Another one that I would like to see crossed over would be, um, I'd like to see Yu-Gi-Oh crossed over with... I don't know uh, Sailor Moon because who who wouldn't want to see the mashup of, of those? Actually, I would like to see um, the mashup of all those like really traditional boy like uh, shonen animes with uh, shojo type animes, girl animes. So you got your like your Wedding Peach with your Dragon Ball Z. You got your um, uh, Pretty Cure Five with your I don't know. Uh, you got your pretty cure five with your uh Gurren Lagan. I just I just really want to see the mashup of, of those two genres. And, and finally, I think for my last selection would be uh seeing uh One Punch Man with uh Dragon Ball Z for sure. Oh, yes. I mean because it One Punch Man is riffing on it Needs to happen. Dragon Ball Z. Um yes. And then uh yeah, I think that'll be it for me this week.
1: Thank you very much, Miss Alexander Bohannon. Mister Caleb Masters, what I, this, are your picks? I I love this game.
3: There's so they're, they're, the possibilities are endless. Right. Alas, I must limit myself to three because we could go on all night. Firstly, the great detective, the world's greatest detective, Batman, crosses over with where in the world is Carmen Sandiego?
1: <laughs> I, I want to
3: see him search for Carmen Sandiego and then beat her up. You know, like a Batman. He always does. Um, then I have to go with the magic school bus crossing over with Digimon, take a magic school bus ride to the digital world to teach kids about technology and the internet and how it works in this digital plane thing.
2: You went to like 11 on these and I'm loving it every second of it.
3: (laughs) Oh my gosh. So many, so many I want to rattle off, but I have to leave it on Captain Planet and Ducktales, Captain Planet and Scrooge McDuck. In the same uh, cartoon, because Scrooge McDuck is a cap uh, a capitalist who pollutes the planet all the oh, time. Oh, okay,
2: okay. Okay, fair I, enough. I'm, I'm, I'm get, okay, I'm getting the vibe. You, you, you I just didn't get so, so, the trail. I didn't get the trail. No, 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 he's, he's
3: literally, they're like, he pollutes the planet. Like, there's actually episodes of DuckTales dedicated so to she's him. So like
1: the Montgomery Burns super villain of the series.
3: So yes, Scrooge McDuck is, in fact, the super villain, Dustin. Thank you. How about you, Dustin? What do you think? What would make a good, uh, good kind of
1: mashup here? Well, first of all, I have to make one selection in honor of Mr. Arthur Gordon. And just because of aesthetics and because I think it'd be interesting, which would be a meetup of Gargoyles and Batman the Animated Series. I-, I mean, again, just visually, yes. it'd be very, very interesting and uh, lots and lots of fun. Uh, next, I'm going to make sort of a cheater pick uh, because I would like to see Chippendales Rescue Rangers combined with uh, Archer. That's yes. right. Yes! So <laughs> great! Oh, man. This grown up and dirty version of Rescue Rangers is, is, is really what the world needs. And, uh, you know, every young boy had a cr- crush on Gidget, and it's a thing, and it's absolutely real. So, uh, there is that. And, and finally, I, I think it just in terms of uh, like sort of 80s schlock, you've already mentioned Captain Planet, but I would like to see Captain Planet and the live-action animation mix series, Captain Power and the Soldiers of Tomorrow, uh, mixed up together. It only ran for a season. I have had the little gun um, game, video game thing you could play. I don't know if you guys even knew about this. I
2: don't even know what you're talking about, old it, man.
1: It, it was very short-lived. Uh, but uh, it was, you know, the, the, this this sort of evil uh, Borg-like uh, villain was trying to uh, digitize and and sort of cyborgize, cyberneticize um, all of humanity and Captain Power and the last free humans were seeking to fight. And every time they did fight, it went into animation. And uh, there was a tie-in VHS set uh, with, a, uh, with a toy a gun that was like a light gun, and you could point it at the screen, and like it, it was in the shape of a fighter jet, and uh, you would uh, it would react to the light of the screen, and if your your thing was in the wrong place, it would get shot, and if it was in the right place, and you pulled the trigger, you would get points. You get shot enough times, your cockpit would eject, and like a little man would fall out. It was it was, it was scads of fun.
2: Wow, that's really interesting. I mean, and that's actually a pretty common trope. I mean, now that we're talking about a film that has a lot of dealings with virtual realities and and everything like that there's um so you have that uh, particular piece and then there's a series in the mid-2000s that was actually a french series uh called code lyoko i don't know if caleb ever watched that no. i haven't seen that one. okay now. so it's stylized it's like an anime stylized show but it was french and essentially it's the same concept where you know these uh, kids discover this secret tunnel, and they um, ha- are like traditionally hand-drawn until they go into their virtual reality, and then they're CGI. Um, and then when they come out, um, so it's really interesting interplay with different choices of medium um, to convey virtual reality, which I think this film does, and it sounds like that show also did.
1: You know, in fact, I think Alex, we just might as well go ahead and talk about this film and get down to business and bring some analysis. <laughs> That's right, dear listener, and that business in a question is analysis. Spoilers, ahoy, you have been warned. So let's go ahead and break it down. I'm going to go to you first, Alex, picker of the film. What analysis do you bring?
2: Well, today my analysis is going to center upon um, kind of within my current domain of study, which is about government policy and politics. And today we're going to talk about e-governance. Now, e-governance is a movement That started in the late 90s and has obviously increased into the 2000s and 2010s. Um, And the principle is you're trying to consolidate and simplify government services as much as possible by transitioning to online platforms. And this can be really useful for individuals in order to uh, reduce workflow, uh, to simplify manpower, um, and to reduce labor costs because we're trying to make government more efficient, right? So what this film does though in playing with the idea of e-government, e-governance is that it kind of does this interesting lampooning of what e-governance can turn into um because first of all you're in our opening sequence we have us enter it's basically a commercial for the world of oz like you could have this commercial fronting a youtube video that you're trying to skip but you can't um you so you have this youtube-ish commercial about oz and all the things you can do and and a lot of it kind of sounds like uh gaia online i don't know if you ever played that caleb um, yeah, so, or any of those free MMOs where it's like, oh, you can pay, you can pay to get cool power ups and everything. But then slowly throughout the commercial, it transitions into you can file your taxes, you can pay your water bill, you can do all of these different things. And it just goes through Oz. And then it has your cell phone number, it has your social security number, and it just goes on and on. And Whenever we get later on to the film, when we have this supercomputer virus um, unleashing, wreaking havoc, um, it has the capability to take down vital facets of government infra- infrastructure because it's also completely interconnected and uh, intertwined with each other, which is the ma- one of the main criticisms of e-governance is the fact that if you have a system vulnerability and you take it down then everyone's fucked because then you can get in and you got all of this information so there there have to be key safeguards and and different types of different types of firewalls and all these kind of protocols in place to prevent that from happening but this is an it's an interesting way to have this conversation you know because this movie could have been uh, Minus the virtual reality. This could have been just kind of a movie like The Big Short, or, or or another movie like that. This movie could have been rewritten entirely without the virtual reality element at all, where you just have like kind of like a traditional American heist film, where someone um, sets out a or American heist or an American action movie, where someone puts a supercomputer virus out there, and then that totally messes with the government. And oh shit, they got the nuke codes, and it's and they're gonna land on your house, and the satellite's gonna crash to the planet. And so you can totally remove that virtual reality element. Um and then it would be a different film, but with it in there, um you have this interesting metaphor for dealing with issues um surrounding e-governance and a lot of the distrust of e-governance because of the this is kind of the horror story of what could happen if you have everything consolidated, all of your accounts in one place. Everyone uses it all the time. And this is the kind of thing that could happen. And um, one thing that this this movie particularly reminds me of is that there's this Cracked article that came out in 2012. Um, It's one of my favorites. I know Cracked is kind of passe now that everyone uses the listicle format. Um, But it's called, Five Things No One Tells You About Living in Japan. And this article goes on and it's really fascinating because there's, you know, he's an American ex-patriot and he goes and lives in Japan. He has a Japanese wife um, and talks about how he is an American struggling with integrating into this this culture, especially since a lot of a lot of cultural um a lot of cultural and societal things still will not accept him. But, but the number five entry on, on this is that everything is frightfully, frightfully low tech. Um, he said that there's a lot of issues, you know, you can get Wi-Fi and vending machines and you can get like vending machines that do all kinds of crazy things. But he says that a lot of, government um government forms and paperwork especially surrounding money and banks and all of these things are still done on hand with paper people refuse to do email like there's all of these different issues uh surrounding this there are apparently no 24-hour atms in japan not that he had this particular author had ever seen and that atms that actually were freestanding would be within banks and only accessible during banking hours, which kind of defeats the point of an ATM. Um, And whenever I asked my friend, um, my best friend who lived in Japan for quite some time about this, he said that this article was completely true and that a lot of things were frightfully low tech. So I said all that to say this movie also considering that it is a Japanese piece of cinema also seems to kind of support this, this concept that we need to keep all of, all of our, um, you know, kind of our go- government management and services type um, things and how they operate on, on paper so they really can't be compromised, if that's really the main fear, um, which seems to be supported within at least this particular um, person's cultural um, study of of what actually transpires in Japan.
1: Excellent, excellent. Thank you very much, uh, Ms. Alexander Bohannon. Uh, more on that anon, I think, dear listeners. Uh, Mr. Caleb Masters, what analysis do you bring?
3: Uh, yeah, I, I think I want to talk a little bit about how this film makes a connection between uh, Eastern religions, Shinto and Buddhism, and the internet, and how the internet has taken those the fundamentals of said religions and ma- taken it worldwide and how it's a good thing. Um, so um, I'm not, you know, I'm not like a, a an expert on either religion, but uh, you know, looking here, I, there's a in, in Eastern religions, uh, there is this real value in uh, connectedness. And when I was li- reading a little about Shinto, uh, there's apparently this um, word uh, kami. I'm probably saying kami, yeah, kami, uh, which translates as the word uh, spiritual essence, and it's just the meaning basically is it exists in every living thing, and we're Everything's interconnected. Uh, and then you look into Buddhism, which has a similar premise, uh, a similar idea, where it teaches that all life is interrelated uh, through the concept of dependent origination. So everything comes from one being, right? And it's all—all all life flows from that being, and all we're all still connected through that spiritual energy. And it holds that nothing exists in total I- I- isolation, Uh Everything in the world comes into existence in response to causes and conditions, and no, nothing can exist in absolute independence of other things or rise on its own accord. Now, each it also whole, you know Buddhism also very values that each individual's existence contributes to creating the environment which sustains everyone's existence. Uh, so basically, all things are mutually supportive and related form of the living cosmos. We're all technically one part of one body. Now, this film is all about the internet. Uh, and uh, e-governance, uh, everything's connected, everything's run through this computer system. Uh, but this film, despite being about uh, you know existing in part on the Oz, which is kind of like the internet, you know that one system that everyone games on, everyone oh, the governments all run through that What just like Alex was talking about, it, it, it is an entity that connects everybody together. Their entire, basically, their digital selves with their accounts, because like Alex said, we're all every, everything we have. Our banks, our IDs, everything is run through these little profiles. Um, but the film is also a film about family and bringing people together. And you have this family who there, there's a little bit, a little bit of drama there, but but the, they 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 bond together uh, after the you know f- to celebrate the birthday of their mother, or grandmother. I mean, however you want to phrase. She was ninety. It was her ninetieth birthday. He was right? great grandmother. Great grandmother.
2: It was just like ninety one. Ninety
3: one. Was it ninety one? Yeah. Well, so she was her ninety first birthday. Um, they all come together to celebrate this event. Now, of course, the uh, the crazy events unfold of, of the film unfold while they're all together. But there's that scene in, in the film where she, after things, all those systems go haywire. She starts calling all these favors in, and and again, using her influence to bring people together. Hey, we need we need you know firehouses over here helping the older folk. Uh, you know all sorts of things like that. Um, and then at the, at the end of the film, uh, I mean, in t- both in the real world and the digital that that the, the Oz everything is brought together so you have all of the people in the in the, in the family even the ones who don't understand technology uh, they come together to be supportive and cheer each other on literally when a satellite is threatening to crash into their home they all stick together um, they all because uh, I was sitting there looking at Dalton and Alex I said uh, they could leave you know all the all the non-essential people could leave but they all wanted to stay there as a family and there's something really beautiful about that and they, they, they took that that idea um, on a worldwide scale on the Oz where, you know, the, 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 the bet was on the table and she lost and all the people from around the world who have been watching through the internet came together to become one being to stop this ultimate threat, right? Um, so I think the film, through that, is saying that the internet's actually a really beautiful thing, or the Oz, I guess, again, internet, because it brings people together. We can all unite and rally behind a cause. no matter Even though the internet is often a dark and terrible place, this film champions it. And, and, and says that it, there's something really beautiful about all of us coming together to to talk and communicate with each other and share ideas and support each other uh, and I, th- I know I, it was really it was really cool as a person who spends a, a great de- has spent a great deal of my career working on the internet it's it's you know of course i'm gonna I, I really appreciate the message there but it, it, there, I really thought I really thought there was something uh, nif- uh, interesting and unique there that we haven't seen a whole lot of uh, in cinema but uh, yeah I, I think overall this is saying hey you know we're in an, in a time where the everything's digital everything's online but it's actually a good thing uh despite the fact that you know
1: like alex said something to go, to go haywire ultimately people were together absolutely absolutely thank you very much uh mr caleb masters as you talk about families being together i could not help but notice as i watched the film uh the style of yajiro zoo um in the film uh, famous for Tokyo Story. Uh, Green Tea Over Rice, um, other films. Um, If you've got an access to uh, the Hulu Plus collection, um, there's a a plethora of Ozu films out there for you. Um, They're very much a very slow cinema style. There's a moment in which um, after sort of everything has gone to hell um, where there's a slow tracking shot to the left. It's very symmetrical throughout a porch area. And you just sort of see the various and sundry family members and then our sort of our main two uh, meet cute protagonists uh, sitting together. And that's that's very much no Ozu moment. There's another moment in which uh, uh, the young man is in a hallway and we spend a moment watching the cat sort of walk towards him, which is, again, another sort of Ozu nod uh, that's going on. And I got to thinking about sort of the uh, assimilation of arthouse and idiosyncratic styles in film. And, uh, and, you know, I'm not an expert in Japanese cinema by any stretch of the imagination, Um, but that being said you do definitely see this sort of integration of the various and sundry styles um, that are prevalent in much of uh, Japanese film that I have seen and animation Uh, first of all we have again the meat cute uh, romantic plot of the story in which it feels a little bit like and I'm not an expert in some of these sort of uh, romantic saved by the bell sort of high school dramas Um, the most I've ever seen is High School of the Undead um, because I like some horror films and and whatnot but there, there are the flashbacks moments in that series that feel very much like I need one person to go with me on this little special event sort of date sort of thing um, and uh, that's that seems like again sort of a plot contrivance and also the aesthetic of those moments feel very much like um, High School of the Undead and I'm sure there are other animated sort of High School Saved by the Bell-ish um, anime series that would carry on some of the same sort of idea uh that goes on with that Alex you...
2: oh yeah, I mean, I was just going to say that it, that's kind of whenever you get like the a more serialized storyline there's usually like one one plot contrivance that keeps keeps it going, and then you're like well i since since I already broke this uh five million million yen dollar vase and now i 'm in debt to you, so I have to keep working with you. And then it really never gets brought up again that that's a thing, you know?
1: Absolutely. So you see those narrative tropes at work, and also you see an aesthetic that is that is very similar where you have uh, digital backgrounds and hand-drawn uh, foregrounds and, 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 and uh, sort of moving characters and uh, those sort of things being integrated in a way. Uh, then, of course, you see the uh, more traditional anime action like uh, your Yu-Gi-Oh's, your Dragon Ball Z's, uh, and those sort of things being enacted when you're watching uh, the... Uh, the actual uh, fights that go on inside of Oz, right? Uh, and, and and they sort of are of this massive scale. And as I watched them, actually I thought a lot about blockbuster aesthetics, right? Big explosions, huge booms, uh, ways in which we have gigantic characters fighting one another. Um, you know, I'm going to utter the word of Transformers, but I don't mean any of the sort of vitriol I experienced towards Transformers to sort of transfer to my review of this film right now. But it does sort of have that large uh, scale spectacle uh, sort of avenue working for it.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, also before there were the, uh, Michael Bay film. I mean, this the show. I mean, I feel like it being reminiscent of the show is is a very valid uh, comparison.
1: Yeah, yeah, and so so that that's also being integrated alongside again the uh, the Ozu moments, and also uh, bits of narrative history when we talk about the uh, Tokugawa clan and uh, some of the battles of the uh, Japanese civil wars of the fifteen uh, hundreds, uh, which again brings us right into Akira Kurosawa, and uh, there is again uh, not just in the uh, narrative, but there's also a, a very Bushido, um, you know, sort of uh, aesthetic. Uh, to much of what's going on with the scenes with the grandmother, where she is sort of this noble warrior uh, that, that is uh, doing what she's going to do. And then that meets, again, Ozu's uh, sort of preoccupation with the care for elders. Again, I, I cite Tokyo Story, which is a film fundamentally about how you care for those um, who are older than you, how that is what defines you as a good son or as a good daughter, granddaughter, grandson uh, in this case. And and so the film sort of integrates all of those things and, and presents them in a way that's very, very palatable, very, very enjoyable, and it is this assimilation, again, of, of a lot of very, very idiosyncratic uh, ideas of film. You know, David Boardwell talks a lot about a classical Hollywood style, and uh, I'm becoming less and less sympathetic to the idea of a classical Hollywood style, but that being said, commercial cinema, whether or not it's classical or not, is absolutely an omnivorous beast. Uh, in which it does devour that which is sort of interesting and new and uh, you know cutting edge, and then does does a thing in which it integrates those things in something that's very very palatable. Now that might sound like a criticism, but I really don't mean it as such. Um, it is doing that and integrating those things in a way that I found it to be very very enjoyable. And with my you know cursory knowledge of Japanese cinema, I found it to deepen my viewing experience uh, alongside. So that's the first thing and kind of the- main thing i wanted to say to the point that we've been discussing so far about the integration of technology and real life it does seem to me that the film is arguing for both of the things that it is important that you care about family and the people in the real world that you have flesh and blood irl relationships with other human beings but it also uh, with the the king kazama or whatever the name of the rabbit character is is it kazama is that right kazama kazama okay i transpose the letter Um, The King Cosima character um, that you see, you know, fighting and being really the only way that they can distract slash defeat love machine, which is about the dumbest name for that that was the best name ever. What are you talking about, Dustin? All right.
3: Every time.
2: I also find it interesting that uh, like a super bug love machine is, you know, developed by, you know, the U.S. CIA or Secret Service FBI, you know, um, through, you know, our, our obviously evil uncle. Um it, it, it it's kind of it's obviously that kind of a uh, oxymoronic contradiction in terms.
1: Yeah, absolutely it is. But um, w- w- with, with silly names and crazy politics aside, um, there is this, um, I think, call for an integrated life in which you do live part of your life virtually and online, and it is valuable and it is useful. And in fact, they do save the world in that way. But the world that they're saving, the reason why it's worthwhile and worth saving is because of the relationships you have on the other side of the screen. And uh, as a person who spends a lot of his life living in virtual fantasies, who spends much of his life... Living in other worlds that other people have created when I watch cinema. Um, I find that to be really, really valid and valuable that you learn how to be a human in both places. And that, um, in- insofar as you're able to integrate your life in those places, it leads to a richer, deeper life and perhaps even a heroic life. And I find that to be significant and valuable uh, for all of that. But that's all I've got in terms of analysis. Gang, thank you so much for what you've brought. I appreciate it very much. Let's take just a brief moment and hear a word from our sponsors.
0: Good Trash Genrecast is brought to you in part by sadmenforlonelywomen.com. Have you ever found yourself yearning for the glorious moments of your past? I know I have, but we can't offer that to you. But we can give you the next best thing, the Beginner's Guide to Loneliness, a collection of the most shared, viewed, and favorited articles from SadMenForLonelyWomen.com. The Beginner's Guide to Loneliness is available over at Amazon.com. Pick up your copy today.
1: Well, this- That's right, dear listener. Check out Sad Men for Lonely Women for all of your humor needs and uh, also connections to some live events that might involve or at least be attended by some of your good trash co-hosts. Let's move on to the part of the show, though, where we now render a verdict and we say this film belongs on the shelf or it belongs in the trash and then recommend our else's or instead's. Mr. Caleb Masters, what do you say? Shelf or trash and then else or instead.
3: Yeah, I, I gladly have this on my shelf. It was a lot of fun, and uh, it's nice, you know, uh, watching a lot of heavier movies. This film, it's it's nice to see something that's light, but still equally as meaningful. Because uh, you know, a lot of a lot of the stuff we watch on here, even the bad movies, are really heavy, and they have like a message they're trying really hard to get across. And it's just nice to have something. oh, this is light. It's fun. It's it's feel good, but it's not like overly schmaltzy to where you don't feel like they're like it's it's like manipulating you hardcore. Um, you know, so I, I, I enjoyed a lot, uh, else. So I didn't want to say this while I was watching the whole mo- movie with Alex and Dalton the entire time this I was watching this movie. This movie has an extremely, I mean, a very similar plot to, uh, Digimon, our war game back from the nineties. Like it's that, which is for uh, us Americans. That is the second section of the Digimon movie. Uh, cause we butchered. Yeah. Anyway, um, but it's it's another story in which our heroes go into the internet to save the world. Like they're 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 from their computer screens, they're watching this big battle ensue and everything like that. Extremely similar. Not to say that one is better than the other. I just was like, hey, if you enjoy Summer Wars, probably check that out. If you, I mean, cause it's it's also a lot of fun. Um, secondly, to go along with my analysis, I recommend Cloud Atlas, a film that's talking about how humans are all connected and how we all help each other out and how uh, building these connections is valuable um, uh, through. Through generations, uh, you know. Um, lastly, I have to give a shout out to, well, I guess it's two both War Games and Live Free or Die Hard, both which feature computer hackers wrecking the system. <laughs> so it's, it's, uh, Live for or Die Hard? They have what's called the fire sale, which is exactly what happens in this film, where they basically like pull the pull the pin and the entire system collapses because everything's run by computers. But anyway, not as good as the original by any means, but a fun little side trip if you're into the whole computer hacking and you want a little bit more action.
1: So that's about
3: what I got for you, Dustin.
1: Thank you very much, Mister Caleb Masters. Miss Alexander Bohannon, what do you say? Picker of the film, shelfer, trash, elsewhere instead.
2: Um, I'd say this is a soft shelfer if you like this anime marathon. You probably want to put this on your shelf. Um, Other picks that I think would complement this film, obviously the Matrix trilogy, um, dealing with virtual realities and also delving into the deeper side of um, when government messes with virtual reality in order to control you. Um, I would also recommend the show that I used in my... um, my game earlier today which was code lyoko which is a an, another type anime series um where you um have to battle virtual monsters in a virtual world and then they become not so virtual oh no and that would be my uh, couple of uh, other recommendations and i would also defer to my other co-host picks
1: Thank you very much, Miss Alexander Bohannon. I, I I find myself in a difficult place here. I read some reviews uh, about this film, and most of them were hagiographic. They were um, lionizing this film in such a way that it sounded like the best thing that's ever happened in Japanese animation in, you know, decades.
2: Yeah, no. N- no. It's not no, that good. I, no, sorry. I mean, it,
1: it is fun. I'm not mad that I watched it, and yeah. I, I would watch it again. I don't know that I would own it. I don't I don't think it's worth it yeah, for for that reason. So I, I'm going to go announced. ahead and go with it. I'm going to go with the trash on that. But that's not to say that it's a pass or a hard pass. Um, that being said, uh, what else you should watch? I'm going to go ahead and uh, echo what Alex said and, and say the Matrix trilogy. I think it is absolutely doing the same thing. It's cribbing from the, some of the same sources um, and whatnot. We'll probably bring up the Matrix again a bit more next week as well. Um, and then I, I'm going to also suggest uh, something that came up in the gameplay as well that I, I'm finding a little bit random and uh, maybe something as a, uh, forgotten, I'm going to say gem in a very, very, um, sort of innocuous way, but Captain Power and the soldiers of tomorrow. I, I think you ought to check it out. I mean, there's a lot of episodes available on YouTube right now. Um, there was a great toy line. It's, it's a really interesting little niche in eighties, um, childhood culture, um, that is sort of integrating some ideas that are along the same lines as, uh, what we're dealing with right now. And it, you know, it's a bit of nostalgic fun for some of us and it would be a f- interesting new discovery for the rest of us. So, um, those are my recommends. Thank you very much, dear co-host, for that. Now, I want to let you know, guys, we're all about having this conversation together. Uh, it's not just about us getting together and uh, just having getting behind a microphone and have a conversation, because we like each other a lot anyway. Caleb. I like you very much. You're a dear friend. I don't believe you. And I am so glad to be having these conversations uh, with with my co hosts but we want to expand the conversation to you all. That's why we have a media network at goodtrashmedia.com, and that's why we provide other social media networking by which the conversation could continue. Um, Mr. Caleb Masters. Do you know any means by which the conversation could continue?
3: Yeah, you can always find us on Twitter at good underscore trash. Go ahead and tweet at us what you thought of uh, Summer Wars or uh, last week's film, uh, Nosca of the Wind Valley. I mean, lots of good stuff. We always want to talk to you guys about what's going on. And uh, for a lot of us folks, Twitter just happens to be the easiest way to do that. So feel free to tweet at us. Again, that's good underscore trash.
1: We had a really brilliant conversation uh, about Krzysztof Kieślowski um, last week. And uh, yeah, fun times were had there. And uh, perhaps a guest host was arranged. So, you know, you never know what will happen. Tag us up there in that place. Uh, Miss Alexander Bohannon, do you know of another means?
2: I do. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash good trash media, where we have a collective um, that shares all of our content from not just um, the Good Trash genre cast but all of our sister programs you can also find us on our website at goodtrashmedia.com where you can also find all of these aforementioned shows including articles about movies, TV, media and um, golly just about anything that you can think of that has to do with pop culture you could probably find an article about it there
1: Thank you very much, Ms. Alexander Bohannon. If you like the stuff that we do here at the Good Trash Media Network, be sure and hit that Patreon link there at goodtrashmedia.com. And uh, think about giving a donation uh, for the show because that's what keeps the lights on and keeps us being able to put out more good trash content for you all. And uh, so just think about that and do that. And if you do so, that would be very cool of you. Now let's talk a little bit about next week. Next week we're going to continue the Brigathon with Animation, Anime from Japan. And we're going to look at the first of the films that I have actually actually seen. That's right. We're going to check out Ghost in the Shell. I'm very, very excited about that. A heavy influence on the Matrix trilogy. And so we're very, very stoked to be talking about that because we're stoked to talk about movies. Because movies are so much more fun than just 90 minutes in a bucket of popcorn. It's about the conversation that you have afterward. That's what makes watching them so worthwhile. And until then, dear listener, we'll see you next time. The Good Trash
0: Genrecast is produced and edited by Arthur Gordon, direction by Dustin Sells, social media by Alexandra Bohannon, Caleb Masters, and Dalton Stewart. Our intro and outro is Night Call by Kavinsky and Love Fox. We are also proud to feature music from Deer Tick this week on the program. For more information on this episode of the Good Trash Genrecast, as well as the rest of the Good Trash Media family, please visit GoodTrashMedia.com.